Iraq War veteran Ryan Dosti can't stop smiling. She and her family now have an expanded and renovated home in Hamden, thanks to a dedicated group of volunteers, retired first responders, part of the nonprofit Heart 9-11. These guys are, are amazing. Heart 9-11 founder Bill Keegan. Heart 9-11 uh, is a group of uh, first responders, police, fire, and construction trade uh, workers out of New York that bonded together during our work in the rescue recovery mission following the attacks of 9-11. It was during that time that uh, so many of our lives were transformed in, in so many of the negative ways that we hear about all the time, but in other ways, very, very positively that we, we learned that we could, what impact we can have on people's lives as we provide them with answers. And in that work, that dangerous work that we did uh, created a bond amongst us that once we retired and and some still active we, we wanted to take it to others that were suffering through either a weather disaster or a community crisis of one making or another and transfer our experience our skills and our uh, technical abilities to other first responders that are responding to those events. Heart 9-11 learned about Ryan Dosti through a veterans support program. I was a 502nd military intelligence and we were attached to 3rd Squadron, 2nd Armored Cavalry Regiment, which was with uh, 1st AD. She was deployed to Iraq early on. We were there when Saddam was caught. Uh, we were there when his sons were killed when Baghdad, the whole city, just celebrated all night long. She experienced some close calls. I was shot at a couple times and mortared and all that. I had a, a mortar actually land like, it was like 30 feet away or whatever, but it didn't blow up. The war inflicted psychological scars, but the trauma actually started stateside. I have what's called compound PTSD, so... My story's a little bit different. Um, I was raped by a fellow platoon member right beforehand and reported it, and the unit didn't do anything. And when it came time to deploy, he wasn't going. I had to work alongside him for a while. And so I had the choice to, because I wasn't mentally well at the time. I wasn't handling it well. Um, and the choice was to stay behind with him or go to Iraq, and so I chose to go to Iraq. So I was already, when you have one... Um, when you have one trauma, it very easily opens you up to another trauma. So when I came home, I was fine for a while. I really, I thought I was doing really great. I was really impressed with myself. And then for me, um, it happened several different times. I had a couple different breaks. And it was, the, uh, for me, it was irrational thoughts. And my triggers would, would get cross-wired. So it could be a loud noise, which would normally trigger maybe your combat PTSD. But then that might trigger... Um, feelings of uh, vulnerability and, and um, I always felt like nobody was going to believe anything I said and I felt uh, dirty and contaminated and also I, get, I had to go through all of these and, and I didn't understand either and I had um, almost like an OCD irrational thought process that would go cycling over and over and over again to the point of what's called suicidal ideation where you know, you almost want to kill yourself, but you don't, not to die, but just to stop the thoughts, just for some silence, some relief. And you don't think about dying, you're just thinking about getting away from it for a while. Um, so I did a lot of therapy, and you know, it comes back every now and again. I'm on some medic, I 
after having lost my twin boys, I had to get back on medication and some extra therapy and stuff like that because that threw me again. Any kind of trauma can reopen everything. And, you know, um, so for me, yeah, it's um, obsessive thoughts, anxiety, um, irrational thoughts, and uh, depression. And uh, the depression is a little bit of a new one as far as... Um, after the boys, I, I couldn't even get out of bed, and I didn't know that was what it was. I thought I was just still recovering. But, you know, you learn to adapt. You learned how to, to function with it and figure out what your triggers are, how to get help, try new medications, get up and keep going. Her struggles took hold when she returned home. And that's what PTSD happens. So you put it in the back of your mind. Um, you know, any the reality is you can die at any moment. I mean, and we know that all the time but it's more like every time you hear a mortar go off or EOD explode something or an IED and you know you're tr you're driving down the the road and there's IEDs everywhere or there's snipers and y you you are aware of it and it sits in your head and and you just kind of have to like um keep functioning and so you sort of just put it in the back of your head and you just keep moving forward. You're doing what you're doing and it almost becomes normal, but it's not. So when you come home and then you're in a safe environment, that's when your brain starts processing everything. And that's when suddenly you have, well, it may not be flashbacks. Some people do get flashbacks, but it could just be anxiety. It could be a sense of doom, um, depression, hypervigilance, anger, all these emotions that you get later that you just never had time to process there. Ryan Dosty found comfort in the humble home where she and her husband now raise a young daughter. Stable, just stability. And that helps a lot with your PTSD, you know, knowing that you can count on your home being there. But they were quickly outgrowing the tiny house. Enter Heart 911. They added a second floor. Before it was, uh, you walked into the kitchen and the living room, and in the back were two bedrooms. Um, one was our daughter's, and one was we made into like a, a play area. And there was that was the bathroom down there. And then upstairs is really would normally be an attic place, a space. And that was my husband, our, our master bedroom, and itty bitty closet <laughs> that fit nothing. Um, my clothes everywhere. Um, and then on the other side was kind of like we had our like a library. We had our books. So. Now it's, so I think from my understanding, is you're going to walk in to the dining room and then there'll be a new kitchen and a powder room. And then the back of the house, the whole back of the house is going to be the living room with a slider door and ha like a little space. So that's going to be a playroom area. And then you go up the stairs. There's three bedrooms, a guest bed, a guest bathroom, a master bathroom. And then a walk-in closet, and then you go up the stairs again, and there's going to be like the livable attic space. So we're going to put the guest a guest bedroom up there and an office space for me on the other side. Many others pitched in, including police who responded to the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting massacre. Police officers from Newtown came. Also, the Hamden um, uh, Fire Department has come and helped. And um, I should really stress that a lot of this couldn't be done without local companies that are helping. Ryan Dosty also credits her rock, her husband, Mark Osenko, himself a Marine veteran. You know, even the worst times, he just put his head down, kept working, kept us afloat, and I don't know where I would be without him. She reserves the highest praise for her saviors, Heart 9-11. I can't say enough good things about them. They're kind, they're generous beyond, beyond anything you would uh, 
ever think of. You know, they are just so excited to do this. And it was so overwhelming. And I kept saying, this is too much. This is too much. And they sat me down and said, listen, this is for us as well. You know, us doing this helps with our PTSD because a lot of these guys were there at 9-11 or have their own um, types of PTSD and, and being part of this project gets to help them work through that. Um, and that helped me to be able to accept some of what they're doing because it is a lot, you know, it's, and you don't feel worthy of everything that they're doing. I mean, this is like, they're literally giving us a, a whole new part of life, you know, like, um, but them saying that this helps them as well, um, it, that that's helpful. They just do it to do it, to try to help people and they're not looking for anything in return. And, um, I just, I, they're so what they do is just amazing. Bill Keegan. I came away from the the World Trade Center Rescue Recovery Mission realizing that maybe I was in a little better place because one of the things I realized, first of all, is an awful lot of love out there in the world and I felt it. And that's, I believe, how um, the God entity comes into our lives. It comes through other people, exists in everything. And and I felt it. And uh, bringing comfort to the families was very cathartic for us when we met them and, and they hugged us and they, and they thanked us from the bottom of their hearts. And so we realized that when we come outside of ourselves, when we don't isolate, when we don't think about the issues that we're having, but yet we look to others that are suffering even more and we are able to help them, that actually makes us feel better about ourselves and gives our life's purpose. Can, you know, it, it continues that mission of giving. And when you're giving, you're getting. And so many times, so many of our people, whether we're going to Haiti or Puerto Rico or Ecuador or right here in this country, uh, from people who are devastated in their homes, um, we always feel as if uh, we get more back than we give. And, and it makes you really appreciate. And it's very key in life to appreciate what we do have and the opportunities we have and that we're alive and that we can make a difference not only in our lives but in other people's lives. We're just very blessed and we, we just can't thank them enough. They're an awesome organization. And my hope is that in some way I will be able to pay back whether it be the organization or put the money towards the next veteran, um, that because they this is this is what they do. They, they just help veterans. I think this is the fifth house in Connecticut that they've done, and they've always. I we looked at some of the other houses. Their stories are always amazing. Ryan Dosty has turned her story into a memoir. It's called Formation: A Woman's Memoir of Stepping Out of Line. It covers the uh, the rape and the way the the army covered it up and then Iraq, and then coming home, and how the, you know, living with PTSD, and how that manifested, and, and talks, you know, a little bit about being a woman in a male-dominated field, and, and stuff like that, so, and it's uh, theoretically, according to the critics, uh, a more of a literary written, rather than just a, you know, a straightforward story, which was my intention. Should I, should the book do well, and should I be uh, in, a, in a financial situation that one can always hope for. Um, I would love to to give money back to the organization so that they can help with the next house. Like to be able to help fund the next house that they do for somebody, that would just, that would be awesome. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you a million times over. I've told them time and again, so they're probably sick of me saying it, but we are just so humbled by all their generosity and all their hard work. And I hope that I can pay them back somehow. If that doesn't happen financially, then at least just spreading 
the good word about them and, and telling people how awesome they are and hopefully being able to help get them recognition and funds for the next house that they're going to do for the next veterans. In Hamden, Sean Adams, WCBS News Radio 880.